Oh my god. I've been playing so much Mothership. I can't. It's so good. I'm Alan Girding, and this is the Tuesday Night Podcast. Welcome to the 189th episode of the podcast that's all about the stories we make while playing the games we love on, around, and sometimes even under the gaming table. Let's get on with this show, because some stories, well, they're happier than others. We like to play games mostly because they bring people together and give us very fond, memorable experiences. But sometimes, when we play games... They bring us pain. That's right. Because today's episode is all about painful gaming experiences. What do I mean by that? Well, I think I'll start with Dungeon Master Greg. He's got a story for us, so let's take a listen to Dungeon Master Greg. That's right, from B Team. Hello, comrades. This is Greg, and I'm here to share a tale of uncomfortable, emotional situations regarding games, and my tale of the one, and so far only time, that I've ever played the Shadowrun RPG. This was back in college. A friend had decided that our little gaming group really should play Shadowrun. And he was going to run it and be the GM for a change. He was going to teach everybody how to play the system, but also he was going to just make characters for everyone because that would be a lot easier. Everybody's sort of looking over their characters and we'd start comparing and it becomes obvious to a lot of people that all of these characters were not built equally. A lot of people had weird flaws and disadvantages, really low skills, and my character had a lot of advantages and seemed really, really oddly powerful. At first, like, well, maybe it just plays out in the game, or maybe there's just something we don't understand. As the game is being set up and we're being told how we play, it becomes more and more obvious that the people he liked had characters that could do things, and people that he didn't necessarily like had really bad characters. I had this uber-godlike character, this super character, because he had a crush on me and this was how it was being expressed everybody kind of picked up on that and then the room got really really quiet and awkward and a lot of people were very very angry and I being literally 19 years old had no idea how to even handle this sort of weird flirtatious game advantage I wasn't interested in this person I really wasn't out at all I'm in this situation where 
I can do everything and my character is super awesome and I'm giving all these opportunities to shine and everybody else is having a miserable time and everybody's getting super angry at me indirectly and super, super angry at the GM. Ultimately, the entire evening ended early. Then people just started arguing at each other like how unfair it was and how unfun that was i just got up and left i left and walked home and never ever have i played shadow run again oh dungeon master greg thank you so much for your torturous painful gaming experience of being hit on when you're a mere 19 years of age. Although, maybe I can't blame the person for doing it. But in all sincerity, I would pay a lot of money to avoid that kind of sitch. But that's the first of our painful gaming experience stories. It's time for another one, and this time, I'm gonna take a little stab at it. At a story I like to call, I Double Dog Collar. Dare you. <laughs> I'm going to change the names of some of the main players in this story to protect their identities. So let me set the scene. It is the night before uh, Douglas's wedding. Good old Doug is getting married tomorrow. And he has a whole bunch of friends coming in from out of town. It's Dougie's last night of freedom. And here's, here's the truth. Doug, he didn't have a bachelor party. So of course his friends naturally suggest, hey Doug, why don't we make tonight your bachelor party? What are you crazy? I'm getting married tomorrow. We can't party hard or go anywhere. Fair enough. Let's fast forward a little bit. A keg shows up and a whole bunch of other alcohol shows up. Fast forward a little bit more, it's definitely night out at this point, and someone lifts up the collar that belongs to a dog saying, hey, this is a shock collar. It goes to an invisible fence. What's the point? Well, this friend declares, that's cruel to dogs because that's a very painful shock. And Doug, not even his dog, chimes in and says, I don't think it's that severe of a shock. Plus, it's only supposed to give a mild shock to the dog if they're going over the invisible fence. So they're fine as long as they stay within the bounds. So I don't think it's that cruel. Inebriation's happening. So let's fast forward a little bit more. A game begins of I double dog dare you because now there is good old Dougie. The night before his wedding, in the wee hours of the morning, it's still dark out, it's not daytime yet, but here he is, drunk. <laughs> wearing an electric dog shock collar for an invisible fence. And the dare is for him to cross the line since he claims it's not that painful. But Doug's no dummy, so he thinks he has a plan. He's gonna run across that invisible fence barrier line as fast as he possibly can because he knows it only electrocutes you while you're on the barrier. Now Doug's a runner, I know this personally. He was a runner in track, even in some cross country. He ran a little bit in college, but he's in shape and he runs on a regular basis. He is what most people would call a runner. 
He goes and assumes the starting block position as if there were actual sprinter starting blocks. And he's a good 20, maybe 30 yards away from where he believes the invisible fence is buried underground. And everyone's around, drinks in hand, just watching the show, seeing if Dougie, the groom-to-be, can prove that this dog shock is no big deal. And Doug's off, <laughs> pumping his arms like a maniac, sprinting as fast as he can. And he's counting on a warning beep to enact the second phase of his plan. His idea is to also jump as high as he can once the collar gives a warning beep. Doug believes not only can he go through that shock barrier as fast as he can, but by jumping, he stays as far away from that shock line as possible since it's buried under the ground. Well, the story continues because he does indeed hear the beep and he leaps into the air in a hurdle type position because yes, the event he did run was hurdles. While he's in the air, the shock emanates from the collar which causes him to lose control of his body. And he goes a bit stiff in response. Ah! His leg goes straight and lands on it with his knee already locked. And we all witness Doug's leg snap like a twig. Like some maleficent twist of celery. And it is a compound fracture. It is obvious that his leg is broke. It is now flopping like crazy, and he's screaming in horrible pain. Some witnesses claim they could even see the bone jutting out of his skin. And now he's in the ditch of the suburban neighborhood. But it is not the end of our story, oh no. Because his inebriated friends wanted to assist him, oh no. First thing, let's get him out of that sticky, dank, wet ditch. And they grab on to Dougie and they start dragging him out of the ditch right onto that shock line and causing him more electric convulsions, just rending even more flesh away from his injured bone. Ah! So much pain. Oh my. Now I know, knaves, knights, and listeners alike, even you comrades, you're probably thinking, well, did he get married? Did he make it to the wedding? No! No, he did not make it to the wedding. He was in the hospital, he had to get surgery. In fact, to this day, he's gotta steal rods, screws, and pins. He's like a bionicle man. He didn't lose the leg though, I mean, there's that, but he does have a permanent limp to this day just because he decided to play the game. Double Dog Daria. Did he eventually get married? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did the marriage last? No, no. In fact, it only lasted, I think, about six months. It was a pretty quick marriage there, Doug. But anywho, that is the story of... <laughs> I double dog collar dare you. Hope you enjoyed. Painful gaming experiences. I would love to hear your painful gaming experiences. Please go ahead and send in your story to podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. In fact, you wouldn't be the first one to do that, though, because we already have a Knave Tonight submission. That's right. Send in a story, and you'll go from a Knave, one of our common listeners, to a Knight of the Royal Gaming Table. And I'm very happy 
to allow all of you to listen to this painful gaming story from one of my friends I met at conventions that actually played Killer Queen with a lot of us, Gregory Jones. My name is Gregory Jones, and my relationship with board games played a factor in my relationship ending. Roughly three years ago, I moved in with my, at that time, fiancé, Algeri. It wasn't always easy. Gaming was an important part of, and it still is, an important part of who I am. I always loved games growing up. I just could never get anyone in my family to want to play them with me. So they just sat there and collected dust. About five years ago, I made friends who were into the hobby, which is great because now I actually had people who I could share my love of gaming with. When I met Ajiri, gaming partially went to the back burner. I would always bring it up as a potential option, especially during the winter, cold nights in. He would ask, what do you want to do? Not always, but I would suggest a game. Eventually, this would be a major downfall on my part of the relationship. You see, Ajiri's not really into gaming. He'll play them, but he won't really enjoy them. And to each their own, he has hobbies and interests that I'm not into, like working on cars or nudist colonies. Far opposite end of the spectrum, but regardless. Eventually over time, Algeri would get upset when I would suggest gaming. At one point, we got into a massive argument in which he said, is that the only thing that brings you happiness? Playing board games. More often than not, he was right. It was something I would suggest or want to do. There would be times he would sit down and have conversations and try to figure things out in our relationship. Did I have tunnel vision? Or... Was I not listening to him and taking us into consideration? We both worked on things, more so myself, worked on trying not to be focused on gaming. But old habits are hard to break. Over time, I started listening to the Secret of All Gaming podcast, which led me to Blue Peg Pig Peg, who eventually had their own what I'd like to say cabin con, which was Prana Pig Con. I asked Algeri, are you okay with me going? Would you like to go? When he knew it was just a weekend stuck in a cabin playing board games, he was fine with me going, but he did not want to go. No problem. There's been times he's gone on trips without me. So I went, I came back, and red flags started going up. He flipped out on me that I didn't message him the entire day. True, he had gone on a vacation and he hadn't messaged me the entire day, and I didn't say anything, but I was in a losing battle. I wanted to see if there was anything I could do about it. We got into a lot of conversations and arguments, and usually they always came back to gaming. I never felt like I could make him happy. Two weeks prior to Origins 2019, we had another massive fight 
and we sat down and we're like do we make each other happy is it just because of gaming is it because of other interests or hobbies it was a very long and thought out conversation and process at the end of the day we realized while we love each other we're not in love with each other anymore and we ended our relationship i still feel like gaming may be at the root of it from his perspective but i couldn't and he couldn't hold each other back anymore we're okay with it we're living amicably together we are roommates i just got back from origins 2019 and i had a good chance to heal myself up i was able to see my friends who i consider my family I got to have a lot of laughs, a lot of cries, and many tears were shed. I thank everyone who helped me along the way, who gave an ear, a shoulder to cry on, a hug to hold me. And I made a lot of new memories at the gaming table. Unfortunately, none underneath it. Damn you, Alan. I'm just kidding. Gregory... It's always so good to see you at those conventions, and I really appreciate you taking the time to send in your knave tonight's mission. It was a good one, and I I love you, Gregory, and thank you so much. I know you are a postman in real life, and you even told me in person that you would like to be knighted as Sir Postal, which is like a double meaning there. But let's do this, Gregory, because you certainly earned it. If it wasn't for your knave tonight's mission, you earned it through your excellent skills in Killer Queen. Knave, approach we nobles and kneel to allow us to honor thee. We, on behalf of all knaves, knights, and nobles alike, applaud thine heroic and knightly contribution to this, the Tuesday Night Podcastle. Please, allow us to dub thee Sir Postal of the Tuesday Night Podcast. Now rise, rise, Sir Gregory Jones, also known as Sir Postal, as the newest knight of the Tuesday night gaming table. Yay! Yay! Ah, so much fun. But you know what? I don't think we're done sharing painful gaming experiences. We still have one more story coming from B-Team Logan Jenkins. And it's a good one. But before we do that, let's do... A little sponsor spot. Sponsors, yay! Thank you for sponsoring us. Send us free stuff or money, and we'll talk about your stuff, but only if we like it. <laughs> Have you had a painful gaming experience when it comes to publishing quality components for your game? Because when you just hand someone note cards with your shitty handwriting on it, they just like to throw them in your face and call you an idiot. Well, that's why thegamecrafter.com's here. That's right, with thegamecrafter.com, you can publish your games, you can even put them for sale, and heck, even if you're looking for some highly independent games to try out on your own, well, you can buy them on thegamecrafter.com. There's a whole bunch of help available to you if you want to publish your game through thegamecrafter.com. So stop using post-it notes and wads of crinkled paper as game components for the shitty game you're designing and make that shit shine with the gamecrafter.com yay best sponsor spot yet all right let's 
do our final and last story of this painful episode because we're going to get B-Team Logan Jenkins talking about one of his painful experiences. <laughs> oh man, I should title this. I would call it, I hope you don't like Pete's dog. Take it away, B-Team Logan Jenkins. My most painful gaming moments. I tell a lot of stories on this show. I have actually told the most painful physical gaming story that I have, which was part of the Dance Central story that I've told before, where I messed up my knee playing Dance Central. And emotional pain, I've told that one too. It's where a friend of mine said that they wouldn't be my friend if I didn't let them win in a game in a tournament. And they really meant it, and it was weird. Anyway, I've got another one about something else's pain. A long time ago, one of the first hobby board games that I played was Arkham Horror. The very first Arkham Horror. Played just hours and hours and hours of Arkham Horror. There was one specific character called Ashcan Pete, and Ashcan Pete was a vagrant who was also elderly, but also just one of the characters in the game. His power was that he had a dog. And that was the extent of Ashcan Pete's powers. Other people in the game had magic that they could do, or maybe they came with a Tommy gun or something, but Ashcan Pete just had Duke, his dog. We played a lot, so we wanted to try one of the hardest difficulties. And so in order to do that, we made our villain Cthulhu. which is the hardest boss in the game. Cthulhu has lots of life. He's the beefiest villain in that game. In Arkham Horror, you wanted to avoid the Ancient One coming out if you could. You could solve the mystery in town and prevent the, all the gates in town from opening, and perhaps that would save the world just from you not summoning an Elder God. But basically everybody just assumed we were going to lose. So we were just going around doing our normal thing, collecting items, visiting other worlds and gates and doing battle with monsters. And on the sidelines, Ashcan Pete was just doing his thing. My friend Trey played as him every time and had a, a voice for Ashcan Pete, which was like this. Trey had read every H.P. Lovecraft story. So he would often have Pete just talk about things that happened to him that were things that happened in the stories. And essentially, the man was talking nonsense to everyone around him. However, it was things that had happened to him. So he'd be like, I was abducted by some aliens and they took my brain out of my skull and put it in a jar so I could rest. Things like that. Anyway, so Pete was just wandering around town accumulating all this knowledge in the form of clue tokens in the game. And clue tokens mm -hmm. enabled you to add an additional die to your rolls. So while everybody else was doing this this battle with otherworldly things, Pete was just having weird adventures in back alleys and gathering up these clue tokens. Over the course of the game, he had managed to amass 10 clue tokens, which is a ton. Mm -hmm. Although 10 extra dice, it's not bad, but it's not going to wreck the game or anything. Well... It was like the second to last turn. And Pete ended up with an event 
that doubled his clue tokens. Mm. So he had 20 all of a sudden. Well, 20s, we're getting to like pretty high numbers here. And then the very last turn, he got another event that doubled his clue tokens. So now he's up to 40, 40 additional dice. And we're talking about a game where a very powerful attack is five dice. And then he could add 40 dice to that. Not only that, one of our characters was uh, Amanda, and her power was that after all the dice had been cast, you could re-roll all failures. In Arkham Horror, a five or a six counts as a success, and one through four counts as a failure. So the likelihood of success went way up on those 46 dice that Pete was rolling. (laughs) Not only that... But Pete had his trusty shotgun with him. And on a shotgun, a six counted as two successes. So the rest of the game went off like we thought it would, which is that we weren't able to close all the gates in town and Cthulhu came out. Everybody was expecting to get crushed. But the heroes do get to go before the Elder God in Arkham Horror. So... We took our turn, and Pete went first, cocked his shotgun, and rolled 46 die, and then picked up all of the failure rolls, and rolled those die again, and then counted every six that he had rolled as two successes, and did 50 plus damage to Cthulhu to kill Cthulhu as soon as he came out. That's not how that's supposed to go down. Cthulhu is supposed to take turns and turns of harrowing, terrible actions and and casualties are supposed to be encountered. But nope, Pete just aimed and said, bye, you weirdo, and shot him between the eyes. And well, I presume Cthulhu is still feeling that pain. That's my story of the most painful gaming moment that I've ever seen. Oh, so I did a little bait and switch thing on you there because I called it the I hope you don't like Pete's dog, but it was actually Cthulhu. What a twist. Ah, He had it coming, I say. Hey, you know what? Time's up for this episode. Thank you all for listening to this episode. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, you want to nave tonight's mission, let's do that thing. Please email us, podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. Follow us on all your social media needs. That's going to be your Twitters, your Facebooks. You know what I'm talking about. We got an Instagram account, whatever. It's uh, at PlayTKG. And uh, we got a we we got a we got a we got a website. That's right too. Um, I really look forward to having non-painful gaming experiences with all the people that contributed to this episode, and that could even mean you, the knave listening to this right now. Yeah, I'm wasting your time. Let's get out of here. I can't wait for the next episode. It's gonna be a zero episode because the next one is episode 190. Damn, we got a lot. We're almost at episode 200. That's crazy. And I think with that being said. This episode is... I'm leaving. Finished. Finished. I'm Swing Blade.
poultry attempt at Logan's Pete. Uh, his is better. Mine's not as good. I, don't, I, I know that. <laughs>